Here's the situation, Rush. This week, it's all viewer-submitted situations. Outstanding. Outstanding. And I love that you called them viewer uh, submissions and an homage to my inability to correctly uh, refer to them as listeners. So thank you for that. Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. So uh, we have an email address. Here's the situation podcast at gmail.com. And from time to time, folks will uh, send in situations that they have for us. And we decided to do an episode that would be just, um, you know, six or eight of those. And, yeah. uh, you know, as a, uh, as a thank you to the folks who take the time to send these in. Apologies if we don't uh, get to yours, uh, even though you've sent uh, one or more in. And I and I can say this, Rush. I went all the way back to the earliest ones I have. If you are from N on and have sent one in, if it's not used this week, it's dead. It's it's just it didn't make it didn't it didn't cut the mustard. Yeah, that one it's being put to bed. We do have a a truly uh, anomalous. Uh, disparity <laughs> without a in, doubt between we I mean we probably have seven to one emails <laughs> uh, that yeah. come in a through m last names uh, <laughs> as, as compared my brother's about half of those though probably. yeah oh and, and I think I did right I got the m's now so I think I think it's m through if you're m through z and you've sent one in you don't hear it this week go ahead and fire up a new one because the rest we're emptying out the bin on on all the ones that have that have come that have come in so I'm even re- kind of recycling one that we've already used uh, for 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 this week, uh, but you, we like to get going. Rush, do you have one you want to get right into? If not, I got one I can get right into for you. I've got one I can uh, I can go right to, and this one comes from Prescott Gad. I and, remember uh, that fella. I found, it very, I found it very intriguing. I love um, it. So he says uh, he says since I got my first cell phone. In his sophomore year of high school, which I did not, I did not get a cell phone until I was out of college. Same I'm very here. pleased yep. that we didn't have cell phones in college. But um, he says, since I got my first cell phone, sophomore year of high school, I have always checked my pockets for keys, wallet, and cell phone on the way out the door. Yeah. Which yep. uh, I'm very familiar with that that little exercise. Same the, here. The one, yep. two, three, check. Yep. Uh, and he says he now has a new routine: keys, wallet, cell phone, and mask. Uh, now ah. in our in our COVID world, um, and he, he's got a couple questions related to that. Okay. Uh, the first one is, if you were told in 2016 that in 2020 this would be the new routine for most Americans, what would you have thought could be the reason? Now I'm going to tell you, Prescott. I really like your 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 situation. So no offense, but we're going to skip over that one. But it's helpful. To then think about his second question, which is the one that really intrigued me. Okay. Okay. And so that is, second question is, if I told you today that in 2024, most Americans would add a new item to their out-the-door routine, what would you assume the reason would be for the following examples? So you've got to come up with a reason (laughs) why. So we've added mask. So now he's saying in 2024... That when you go out the go out the door, you have you check for your wallet, yeah, your keys, your cell phone, and a five pound weight. Oh, why, why are we why are we doing that in twenty twenty four? Wow, um, that uh, well, something has we have shifted on access or in the in the galaxy and uh, are like maybe further what further away from the sun? No. Something's happened to the Earth's core where gravity has switched. 
by just by, you know, like that kind of percentage, basically. So roughly, I, I would say that maybe like, I, it would be weird if everyone was five pounds, but if everyone was like right around five pounds, then I could see it being that something happened to the Earth's core um, that changed gravity just a bit. And so just to kind of keep us familiar with the weight we the level of gravity we were at they just recommend that you walk out with a five pound with a five pound weight um not that you wouldn't get used to the other one but it's easier just to throw the five pound weight in a in a bag than um than get you don't very slightly float yeah. off the ground <laughs> right we've had all this climate change <laughs> yeah impossible <laughs> i yeah i mean i i don't know what what it would be uh my first thought which doesn't make any sense so but with something around like your five pound weight is like required to like, you have to leave it like in a, in a spot that opens the door for you, you know, so that oh, okay, everywhere you gotcha. go, it's like a communal thing. Like you put your little five pound weight in the same way you would put a coin in like the divvy bicycles. Yep. And so uh, all of a sudden it's like you use the five pound weights as ways maybe to get in and out of uh, restrooms or, um, you know, other places because at that point we're all, uh, uh, terrorized by germs and Maybe whatever it, else. If it like it's at the end of a stick, it's to kill some like mega bug, some juicy mega bug that you don't want to like get on your shoe because it's like it's that juicy, you know, like that yeah. if you hit it with your shoe, you might get, you know, it could burn through. So you got to hit it with this five pound, this five pound stick weight. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's not like, good. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound like any of these things for two twenty twenty four are gonna be good. No, no. What what if it's like. Um, kind of pleasant uh but but easily distracted and overly enthusiastic like raccoons become very uh, very very popular and so the only way to like it just becomes well known that if you just give them these five pound weights they'll get distracted for a while. Yeah, all right yeah. it's really the shine on the weight as opposed to the to the five pounds that is that is getting yeah. them getting them distracted yeah uh, all right, good. Uh, his second one is if in, uh, you got your wallet, you got your keys, you got yep. your phone, and you got a spray bottle filled with water. So just yeah. uh, a little spray bottle with water. What's causing uh, that to occur? The uh, the sun is stronger than it. The sun's stronger than it was. This like it's they prefer that you go out with a spray bottle of like SPF or some sort of like. Mm some sort of something to cut down on the radiation. So this is m mostly just for your, like your comfort level more so than a little safety level, but it's just like, there's, there's less atmospheric protection from radiation and from the sun's rays. So it's more just to keep you from overheating, you know, sunstroke, heat stroke kind of, kind of thing. But you also are going to need to apply in tandem, maybe with this or, or whatever, like some sort of heavy SPF deal to keep yourself free from, from the extra radiation. Yeah, I will say that this one um, gave me much greater concern than the five pound weight. Uh -huh. Like I could, uh, I don't know what it would be, but I could see like some sort of slightly more positive thing for a five pound weight. Yeah. Like it definitely feels like a climate related. Bad uh, you know, news. Yeah. Like big problems for people's skin. Yes. And it's like, oh my God, you got your skin exposed even for a moment to the new, uh, you know, ultraviolet rays yep. or what have you. And, yeah, I mean, and it's probably salt water too, because if that other stuff is happening, like we don't have all, all this extra water for everyone to be walking around with, you know, like or it's dirty well, water, it's like gray water or whatever they call it, you know, like. But we know water's not in sh short supply 
Otherwise, there's just murders happening like left and right because everybody's walking around with their like with you know with their with their liquid gold in the form of a spray bottle of water. So I, I get the sense that it's oh, like yeah, oh, like, right. It's here's the worst. That you're walking around with it as currency. Oh no! Uh, oh, you get a couple of squirts. Uh, I'll give you a couple of face squirts of my of, from my water bottle for that donut or whatever. Like, oh, it's it's money. Oh, oh that's horrific. Yeah, let's let's hope not for sure. <laughs> um, number three, you got your wallet, you got your keys, you got your cell phone, and now you have a syringe. Oh. feels bad. No. Um. All right, I'm gonna say it's another like it's a it's related to this like sun sun is too powerful kind of thing. It's depleting you of of nutrients. Like the the environment is is draining you of mineral loss and stuff. So it's kind of like a it's an intravenous supplement uh kind of thing. So it's like loaded with a protein electrolyte water um like you know, mineral blast so that in case of emergency, you get yourself caught out, um, outside longer than you thought you were going to be. Maybe it's for like car travel. If you break down by the side of the road, you keep your syringe there with you so you can give yourself a little get by blast that keeps you safe for another, you know, six to eight hours or something like that. Oh, these are all so gut wrenching. I feel like there's a lot of movies that kind of have something like this a little bit, you know, there's always like, uh, I don't know, not always, but there's a lot of movies about the future where everybody's on some new drug, right? Yeah. And it becomes just this pre- prevalent uh, drug. And, and so, like, with the syringe, you know, that was one thought is that everybody's hooked on, you know, some sort of, uh, like, Adderall on, uh-huh. on steroids type thing where, you know, you just, you, you can't, you can't operate without it. And so you got to gotta have it but the first the first thought i had was too disgusting for me to pursue but that that it was actually you used it to drain something that it wasn't to inject but to drain and then i didn't want to go down that road any further maybe too maybe too freaked yeah that's that's gross for sure <laughs> I, it's hard to think of like a whole lot of you know great <laughs> syringe. Great, i mean you know maybe it's like Look, there's just so many people with with type two diabetes that like it becomes a national requirement that everyone carries a syringe on them with insulin to be able to deal with the like constant attacks that people are having or something yeah. like that or like you know you can you can see something like that where where some fairly common disease has become a a, a, a uh, omnipresent condition. There's a new like sudden contraction of diabetes. You can get it in an instant, and you know like. It just hits you, and you better have you better have some insulin on you. It's fast, fast acting diabetes. Yeah, or you know, people are going into insulin shock, and they don't have the ability to get their own shot in, so they're down on the ground. Yeah. You got to help them out. Yeah, because someone like that dude who bought the EpiPen bought insulin and made them all like four thousand dollars a blast. So you know, people are walking around with synthetic insulin just to try and help a brother out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, these are bad futures. This is uh, awful, awful. I'm going to try and put a positive forward. spin on this. I'm going to try and put a positive yeah, spin right, on we'll this. Take this last this, one. This last one. Um, and it is maybe a little more fun than okay. some of the others. <laughs> so it's wallet, keys, cell phone, and you got to carry with you a hard taco shell. Oh, a hard taco shell. Yeah. yeah. Oh, buddy. That was great. There's, there was such a big explosion at the at that at that seasoned meat factory 
that <laughs> ground beef went into orbit. And every once in a while, like it went up there raw. Um, but when it falls from orbit, it cooks as it falls through the Earth's atmosphere. It, it, it you know, like most things burn up. This stuff yeah. is really resilient. It cooks to a perfect to a perfect temp, and you want to have your taco shell there in case you get caught in a ground beef storm. <laughs> this ground beef storm. Uh-huh. Oh man, and it's so tasty. Oh, it's so it's delicious. Actually, worth oh. worth walking around. Pre-seasoned, that, uh... and then it's been flash frozen from being so high up in the atmosphere that it stays absolutely fresh to the point at w- which it starts falling through the atmosphere to where yeah it cooks to a perfect temp yeah i i do think uh carrying a hard taco shell of the four feels uh the most fun and the least likely yes uh yes. five pound weight feels very unlikely unfortunately the syringe and the uh spray <laughs> bottle like <laughs> yeah. you know I, i'd put it like somewhere in the one in six thousand range yeah so that, that i hear you <laughs> All right, Rush. I, here's one. Here's one that I that I particularly enjoy. Uh, perhaps my favorite. I'm not. I don't want to look down on anyone else's, but this was this was one that tickled me the most. And I kind of uh, I twisted it just a bit, but it's based on a submission from a fellow named Kenny Tracy. I don't know. Do you know Kenny Tracy, Rush? I do know Kenny Tracy. Okay, absolutely. Know, so know him well. This was this. Um, I I may have. I don't know if I complicated or uncomplicated it, but this this packaging seemed to make sense to me. So here's the situation, Rush. From the start of time, the Norse god Loki has been playing with us. So this god of mischief has been inserting little jokes into all aspect of our world that until now have kind of gone unnoticed because we weren't really looking for them. So I'm going to name some different areas and fields, and I'd like you to point out the thing from that arena which was added by Loki as a joke, and we just haven't really, we've just accepted it because they've been around forever, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Cool? So one of these things has been like a joke on us that like Loki can't quite believe we've just like gone along with, but now that we're looking for these things, they kind of jump out. So which musical instrument rush was inserted as a joke by 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 Loki, just as a joke on us. I I immediately gotta go with the harp. Okay, great. Because to me the the harp is the most ludicrous instrument. <laughs> like so uh, I remember when I was a freshman in college, uh, I lived with, with eight guys. Um, great uh, great great group. I think I, I I think I've mentioned that uh, as a sophomore um, Many of those guys stayed together, and we, we lived in a room called the zoo. But that uh, uh, we we lived above all of these like football players, and we called the football players the meat locker, un, unbeknownst to them, and they called us the tool shed, unbeknownst <laughs> to us. So that was. Uh, uh, but anyway, I remember I remember um, just like laughing so hard because this girl. So we lived right across from eight girls who were in the or maybe six, but in the, in the room right across the hall from us. And one of them played the harp. <laughs> and I remember I was there the day, like she and her parents are getting the harp uh, up the stairs. Oh. And, and it is an endeavor. Well, it's like a hand it, truck, right? They must've had a dolly or a hand truck or something for that thing. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. it was way, it was way harder to get in than a sofa would be. <laughs> and then, and then the harp takes up like so much of the room, you know? And so I think they were like, you know, hey, hey, we got a piano. Like, what What if you uh, just stand up the piano on its end and see if anybody <laughs> just, will actually... Just, yeah, like, just the guts. Like, Let's rip the guts out of this piano and stand it stand it up vertical. <laughs> right. 
So, I mean, to me, like, that's that's a way better prank than, like, the triangle oh, or, yeah. like, the spoons or the washboard or whatever. All those, like, you know, kind of goofball instruments where you might say, well, boy, the kazoo. I mean, what, what talent does it take to play it? But I, I think Loki is more like, how can I disrupt? I can destroy an entire room of a home. <laughs> and it's got to be, like, one of the main rooms because, I mean, most bedrooms can't even fit that harp. Yeah. So you're throwing it into a main room and then somebody's out practicing the harp. Uh, you know, I mean, how many people can really play the harp in the U.S.? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know how you play a, what, 70-stringed instrument to begin with? I don't even know how you keep track of all of them. Um, and this was one of the ones that, I think what, I think the way Kenny phrased the situation initially was that if we went through society twice, what would, what from these areas would still be around and what would have just kind of, I think, sort of, Fallen victim to evolution the second time around, I think is, is I think is how he said it. So like drums would still be around, but I think this is the one he gave an example for that like bagpipes would have gotten weeded out if we went through society a second time. Um, right. So, um, uh, but yeah. So we'll we'll just stick with the Loki thing because it I don't know put a put a funny face on it for me. So in the area of food rush, which has been a joke food since since uh, since Loki introduced it, just ridiculous. Oh. Oh, uh, I had several come to mind. Okay, it, it's it's all the ones that are way more work than than I think the quality okay. uh, of, of the food. Like a lobster, so, like a like an ocean bug that you gotta. Yes. Okay. Lo- so I think lobster is like, as you know, yeah. I, I think I just have a taste buds issue with it or whatever. But I think it's like the emperor's new clothes of food, where. People are like, oh, my God, I love lobster. It's so good. And I, I mean, to me, it's just chewy and bland. And then they're like, it's so good when you dip it in butter. And I'm like, right, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. Do you but- know that originally, as far as I, what I've been told, is that it was just garbage food. It was garbage food from for, like, sailors and and die, you know, and people who lived by the, the water. They were everywhere. I think they called them, like, ocean roaches. They were just, like, bugs at the bottom of the ocean that, that no one else wanted. So, you know, so these guys who caught them ate them. But they were, yeah. They were not thought of. Yeah, highly. I, I just think I, I think it's just I think the whole thing is a scam. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I think, like I said, it's emperor's new clothes. Like people, people get told lobster is great, and then they kind of like, right. like, oh my god, I just paid fifty three dollars for that. I better say <laughs> right. it was great, right? And you know, one thing leads to another, and and all of a sudden you got people wearing bibs in public, holding the hammers, cracking open <laughs> these like disgusting cockroaches of the sea, flooding like you know gross you know brine water comes pouring out of those joints and then you you know scoop in there for like a basically like a more bland turkey ah yeah and so to me that would be one i think like i think like the tangerine or any any of those small (laughs) small like oranges (laughs) nectarines maybe where you you, you peel it forever and then you get like three bites of the thing have you ever eaten Um, a kumquat i have not but those look like tiny little the times I've seen them in the store, they look like tiny little oranges. I don't even—I'm not even sure how you go about eating one of those. Have you? No, I no. don't. I don't think. I don't think that I have. Maybe I have. I don't know. Um, I feel like I've kind of—I've kind of hit all the fruits that I need to hit. Yeah, you know? I, yeah, right. There's, there's plenty to choose. There's plenty to choose from. I hear you. Like the last two or three times I tried a new fruit, that was a—that was a seems superfluous. Folly. <laughs> yeah, that was folly. <laughs> Dragon fruit—it's a—it's a bridge too far, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not going to be—it's right. not going to be great. Um, 
And then let's, yeah, I don't know. I'll go with those. Those, okay. those are the first two. The how about an, how about an animal? Which animal has been a, a, a joke animal? I mean, the duck platypus is, uh, you know, that's maybe too easy of an answer. Um, it's fine with me. Especially if you grew up, uh, when I did where they had those, what were those ads that were on all the time? You know, they're like, it has feet like a duck, but it's furry. And it was the national geographic or something. It was all those <laughs> okay. little cards that you would get about all the animals <laughs> oh, okay. on TV. And I always wanted to get those, those cards about all the animals, but let, let me think of one more as well. Um, you, you know, all those deep sea fish are, are just, oh, that's yeah. complete insanity. Yeah. Um, Really, there's quite a few fish that, that you know, he's like... That sunfish is, uh, looks totally awkward. Or that, that's a ridiculously shaped and sized fish. It, it, yeah. Very tough to maneuver. That, that thing just looks wrong. I mean, so, I mean, what about those, like, tuna that are, like, 700 pounds just <laughs> flapping along? I mean, you know, there's so many, like, odd things. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> If you think of it just as a fish, it makes sense. I think. I think when you think of it as a, a thing that comes in a can, it makes less. It makes less sense. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just kind of a savage hunter, isn't it? Isn't it pretty nasty? Pretty nasty, big ass fish out there. I don't know. It's just like it's, it's like a barge, you know, and then it's just so big and fatty. Um, yeah, God, there's so many animals. Uh, what was that one that you showed me that I, I that was. Uh, oh, the quokka? That little quokka thing or whatever it's called? The the little, the cute little guy that smiles, basically? Oh, I like that guy. Oh, okay. Can you show me another one? Too, oh, the, harp, the harpy eagle? That, that harpy? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the harpy eagle. That thing was, that, that thing is sinister. That's mythological looking, that thing. Um, I mean, right. there's, there's like hundreds. I mean, the poodle, uh -huh. you, you know, it, uh, or like uh, any number of those, those just puffball tiny uh -huh. dogs yeah. just left to their own devices and, are just an absolute snowball and only heightened as a as like a puppy you know like that 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 sense of this is this is thing this thing's ridiculous <laughs> yeah all right what band rush what band was a joke that we took seriously <laughs> oh good question hmm let me think about that one. You get what? What would be yours for? A uh, kiss and the insane clown posse popped to my head immediately. Of like, this is ridiculous. Like, what did we? How did we make this a heavy, a heavy like an actual hard rock band? But kiss seems like they're just made for ridicule. Like, dudes and dudes in like bondage leather and face faces painted. One of them's a cat. Like, some of them's not. Some of them's not clear. Really, just you know start just a star on your face you know like but but we kind of accept that as like this is yeah these guys are real rock and roll um right. and meanwhile they're just like if you ever see paul stanley there's check out a youtube uh, uh video of like paul stanley getting hit with like a laser and and he's just like he's, he stops the music and he's just like all right who's got the laser who's <laughs> who's got the laser no more music until you turn the lasers off it's 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 pretty wonderful. Find just check out Paul Stanley uh, and like la Paul Stanley Laser. But those those two popped ahead as like these these are kind of a joke. Yeah, those are those are great. I mean, Insane Clown Posse. It's maybe too absurd. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Loki's he's a trickster, right? He wants yeah. there to be an illusion that it's uh, that it's a real thing so it can trick us into it. 
I, I might say like the B-52s where okay. you're just like, mm-hmm. really? That's the voice? Mm-hmm. You know, we're just going to, we're signed off on it. No problem. <laughs> the, there's, um, there was, for people who don't know, there sometimes improv teams here would warm up. You'd go out in the, in the alley or whatever into oh, the yeah, green room yeah. and you'd do warm ups. And one of the warm ups that, um, I don't know, Beth might have, Beth, I think Beth says she was involved in the, in the invention of this was called, Hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing? And so, oh, really? yeah, okay. so everyone, everyone in the circle, whatever, would say like, hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing? And then you go around the circle and each person, you know, one, one by one in order had to in best Fred Schneider voice answer that question in rhythm. And my favorite one, we were warming up for a JTS Brown show and uh, Peter Gross, um, Peter, uh, it was for like an improv festival for the CIF, I think. And Peter Gross's was like. Hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing? And he goes, babysitting the daughter of a guy I just met. (laughs) 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 uh, Still, still gets me. Still gets me this day. Uh, You know, it's funny um, on on improv and and like, of course, what a terrible way to like sell improv. Like we Uh get around uh, before we perform, (laughs) we do Fred Schneider bits, (laughs) but you know, I was talking to this guy, I was playing golf with this guy a little while ago who did improv and, uh, years ago. And he was like, yeah, you know, you did this show. Do you remember this? And I was like, no, I, I, I don't. And like, I don't remember hardly anything I ever did in any show. And he's like, and I saw TJ cause he had listened to the podcast. He's like, I wonder if TJ remembers this show. And I was like, I guarantee you he doesn't, but we, it's funny how you have these like little things that stand out. There's like small moments from shows or rehearsals or whatever, where you remember that specific line right. from a warm-up game yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I remember the, the scene, I coached a team called Preponderate with uh, Jim Sullivan and Seth. Uh, Peter, Peter Gross was on that team. Seth Myers, uh, uh, a guy named Tom Herman and Jill Benjamin, uh, uh, Rob Janice, really great people. Jim Sullivan, Case, Case was on the team. And, yeah. uh, and, oh my God, I still to this day remember a scene that was based on the suggestion of Habitat for Humanity. And it was Tom Herman got this house because his house had been destroyed and he would not stop complaining about the shoddy workmanship of this free house that he got that had yeah. been built by charity for him. He's like, I don't want, I don't want this house. <laughs> uh, turned his, turned his nose up at, at this free, at a free, you know, new habitat with no other options. With no other house to go to, still turned his nose up at this at this house, hey. and the way he played it, it was just delightful. Rush, what TV show was just a trickster trickster move by Loki? Mm. Uh, you know, Mash. Like <laughs> I, I don't understand what what the hell why anybody likes Mash. It's horrible. Um, I used to like stay up late, you know. I would uh-huh. like sneak my way past bedtime to watch. And Mash would come on, and I'd be like, "This has got to be the Holy Grail," you know. Like I got past Cheers, and, right? Um, right. You know, it's nine thirty. I think it was on Eastern. You know, and I, I should have been in bed an hour ago, and uh, I would watch it and just be like, "I don't get it. I don't like it." And then years later, I was like, "Oh, okay. I probably just didn't understand." You know, now I'm older, I, I, I respect the great humor of Mash, and watch like four episodes and was just out (laughs) as hard as you could be out. And and yet, I mean, it was like the most watched show in history, you know, Mm -hmm. was their finale. And I watched two episodes a day for like 
for years and years and years, I watched two episodes a day, Channel 22, and then switched over to Channel 30 to catch the second one, back to back. Oh, no thank you. Uh, so and I lastly... Think, I think oh, sorry, go you ahead. You got tricked. Yeah, I, I fell for it. And lastly, Rush, what celebrity has just been, was a joke from the from the, the start? Oh, my God, so many, right? Like, almost all of them. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the Car- you know, the Kardashians, I mean, that's got to be... You know, just screwing with people, be like, yeah, why doesn't everybody just um, pay a ton of attention to these people? What do they do? Oh, they're famous. Yeah. You know? Uh, but, you know, Kardashian, so what would be a more fun answer? Celebrity that just feels, ah, you know, I, I, like Nick Nolte. Okay, great. Yeah. See, because, like, I was thinking, like, oh, Pauly Shore, but that's almost two right there, you know? Like, so, like, yeah. Nick Nolte, that feels, that feels right. That feels right because yeah, he was it's like a sex Gary symbol Busey. for a while. Gary Busey is what like the the less the two obvious tricksters, yeah. Gary Busey and Pauly Shore, you know. And then the person who was a little more fun was like, "Hey, you know what? I bet I can pass off Nick Nolte." Yeah, as it's, a it's sex like symbol for the seventies, and also like, but like you actually human being, but a leading man in hot makeout movies. Like, yeah. uh, you know, against all odds or whatever he was or the, the deep or something. There was a couple where Nick Nolte was like the sensual heartthrob center of that of that film. It looks like he shrunk maybe a foot like the, the now the way he looked in luck. He looked like a tiny little dude, like a tiny little shrunken dude. And I would have thought he was a big ass, like burly kind of lumberjacky sized dude. Yeah. Well, the illusion is starting to to fade. Yeah, right? that's true. You that's can't, true. You can't hold you can't hold the spell for that long. The more, yeah, the more time Loki spends in Valhalla or Asgard, he's really he's really letting the letting the illusions drop down here. All right, that was what I have for that one. Thank you, Kenny Tracy, for the inspiration for that one. Great, great work, Kenny Tracy, member of the All Sports Fantasy League. Ah, ah. So you do know him very well. I do. I know him very well. Joe Kelly's uh, nephew. He was in my fantasy football league when he was like 13 and I was <laughs> 28 or something. And uh, I've played fantasy sports with him ever since. He's he's a good sport. He'll show up at these summits that we have for the All Sports Fantasy League. And it's all like 40-year-old dudes and then like a 28-year-old guy uh, who's going to hang out with us. That's easier. Once yeah. you're over drinking age, that's easier to do. If it was, you know, a bunch of 30-year-olds and an 18-year-old, that's that's tougher to that's tougher to want to hang want to hang with. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Uh, so this next one, TJ, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit. Okay. Uh, I suppose, and that is, I really enjoyed this one. Um, but it's it's a lot of them, so I thought I might I might come back to we might do a couple, and then I may come back to a few more from it. Okay. Because, Sounds good. Uh, this is from a gentleman named Matt. I think. Googly, no, Google, Google, me. I don't know. G U G L I E L M I. How would you say that? Yeah, uh, Google Emmy, Google Googly Emmy. Probably that. Probably G gets a little silent if you really do it right. You know, really do right by the uh, the Googly-ami. Italian of it. Googly Emmy. Yeah, Googly Emmy. Well, it was like with like Tom Gugliotta, I guess, hit that second G, right? So probably yeah, maybe yeah. Googly Emma, Googly Emmy. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Gugliotta, uh, one of my one of my dad's clients. Um, so uh, he, he writes, uh, he says some very nice things, but then he says, I'm a history teacher ah. in the suburbs, and I've tried to incorporate some of your situations into writing prompts this year. Um, uh, with schools closed, because it was this was in COVID, oh, um, 
our final exams have to look different this year. So I made my exam in world history a here's the situation style final. I combined altered and made up situations from various podcasts to make the final. Um, and uh, he, he threw out this as, uh, as, as some of the ones that he was going to include. I, I think he ended up uh, doing it. But uh, I thought that was really neat uh, cool. that he did it. And I hope his kids uh, enjoyed it. And so here are some of the things that he had on his world history uh, test. All just right. Asking people to fill out these situations. Um, and so, and so he led with, you can be drafted into any war in history. Which one do you join and why? Which was a, a scenario, a situation, excuse me, from our very first episode. That's right. Uh, his next one was, uh, you could be an assistant to any world leader in history. Hmm. Who do you choose and why? Probably the first thing that came to me was Thomas Jefferson. Um, I think as to sitting down to help form, to try and help form a nation, not making the mistakes that have been made in other places, keeping in mind you want this to be kind of a new experiment in the way that you can govern. Um, I, I would love to have been in on the you know like privy to the discussions that went on as to how you would go how you would go about that plus it seemed like he also liked to like live well have fun party down you know get freaky in france that being you know a room down in some of these hotels and stuff would have been would have been pretty pretty fun okay it also seemed like he kind of ate up ate up a little bit of life as well so yeah that's good um all right, another one here is you can uninvent. He had a whole section on inventions, and one of them was you can uninvent any invention in human history. What invention do you remove from human use and memory? Uh, guns, baby. Guns and, and whatever whatever the gun, the first gun was that allowed him to come up with all the other styles of guns. I would go back and take the first one away. Samuel Coulter, or if, if, that, was, if that was the first. Yeah. Very good. Uh, what if you could go back in time and get credit for any invention in history? What do you want to be known for? Ooh. Inventor of, father of. You know, uh, give me base. I'll take baseball. Yeah. Get, I don't think Doubleday double did it day. anyway, right? Like, from everything I've heard, he just, I don't think he actually did it anyway he just got credit for it so i'll take it away from him and give it the give take take it to me that like and and i really did do it i mean it's tough it's it, it's not a crazy stone's throw away from cricket but you know it's still still i guess different enough to be a thing so yeah i would take baseball yeah, and I like that. I like that. Part of the reason is that you you don't care for the person that gets the, mm. that currently has the legacy. No, you know, uh, God. I mean, baseball is a great one. That's what came to mind first for me too. It wasn't baseball, but it was you know just some sport. Mm -hmm. And and um, you, you know, I feel like Naismith is probably the most lauded for his yeah uh, the most I think associated. So. Who 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 is more associated with the invention? Of a sport than Dr. James Naismith in basketball. I don't. Uh, I think Doubleday would be the only one who's close. I can't think of. I, I don't, I've never heard there being an inventor given to football, hockey. I think I remember that. The, if I heard it, I would know the name of the guy who invented racquetball, but that's a stretch. 
I don't think there's a, an inventor. Do they credit golf with an inventor or tennis with an inventor? Uh, not that I know of. Yeah, I think it's a competition of two, and I think Naismith beats out Doubleday. Which sport, this is not a situation, but I just am interested in it now. Which, <laughs> which sport strikes you as like the the um, the Loki uh, trick sport. Oh. The one that, the one that you're just like, what in the world? I can't believe that we, we agree that this is a, a major competition. It might be cricket. Like it, Cricket looks odd. Like the kind of gear, the, the leg pads that look like hockey golf, like um, hockey goalie pants and then you run with it, but you don't run real fast. And then it could also go for days. Like wh- however, the, whatever that version of match that goes for three days, that seems like that was a trick on somebody. You know, right. like it's this game starts on Tuesday. You'll probably be done Friday. You know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a winner by then. That seems kind of like a joke. And then the the names like Googlies and Wobblies, and you know, there seems like there's some joke yeah. names, some joke names in there. I could also see in its in its earliest form like golf. Like I hey, I dug a hole like 300 yards over there. I dug a hole, and here's right. like a little rock on the end of a stick. Hit the ball as many times as it takes to drop it in that little hole over there. That, that sounds kind of like a joke on somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, I think, I think almost any sport with like a wall, like squash or, or a net like tennis or volleyball, those all make sense to me. Yeah. That just seems natural. Like you're standing someplace and you're like, I need something to do. And you just start, you know, like, Oh, throw a little net here. And then, yeah. all right, you know, we'll knock these, some like ball around. volleyball was invented in my hometown of Holyoke, Massachusetts. You, you can clearly see that thing being invented, you know, just yes. like knock it back and forth over this thing. You know, we could do that for, yeah. for days. Yeah. I mean, badminton is a little bit of, of, of an odd, you know, place to take that where you're like, uh, we want to hit this thing as fast and hard as we can, but we yeah. don't have a lot of room. So we need the, uh, uh, the thing to be designed such that it'll yeah, take off at extreme speeds yeah, right. and it, well, slow down immediately. Right. And then basically opens a parachute on itself every time right. it falls, starts to fall from the sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But ping pong, ping pong, like if, you know, that, that sport was never not going to get invented. No, right? that, that could, if someone told me like, oh, that was invented by two nine years olds. And initially they weren't little like paddles. It was just like they, they had, you know, magazine books that they were whacking a you know a paper ball back and forth to each other like oh I can see that I can see that someone just improved on it by making a a, a ping pong ball and paddles but yeah yeah that seems like yeah. that's like a couple board people on a table just had had no problem inventing that I feel like kids do a great job of inventing you know basement games of all uh, forms and fashions yeah. we used to have some fun with at Greg Friedman's house volleyball a few other things um, and I'll do uh, I'll do like two more here okay and maybe we'll back to other ones but um uh he has a whole section on uh time travel Mm. and he says you can be reborn at any time and in any location where and when do you choose to be born and why can't can't be you know uh this century or i'm sorry this yeah this century um i mean i i do not like to roam given given all of time and and the globe i do not roam far from far from home man like i would probably be u.s and maybe born in the 40s maybe something maybe something like that see the the u.s kind of boom through the 50s um maybe be of age to understand the upheaval and the the social causes of the 60s and 70s and then 
kind of maybe be of a, an age to mature, get fat, get fat and rich in the 80s and 90s, and then just hang it up? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. all. All I got right. it all figured uh, out. Well, anyway, thank you to Matt. <laughs> Google me. And uh, maybe we'll come back to a couple of more of those. Sounds good. All right. I hope this the is... kids did well in the test. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I hope they all did well. Yeah. Uh, this is from viewer Ellie Werner Rush. And here's the situation. And this is pretty much right as she wrote it. Um, uh, well, actually, I added this detail. <laughs> Who knows? It, it doesn't really matter. So, Rush, uh, here's the situation. Superheroes are given term limits both to avoid burnout and allow them to be more specialized to the time that they are going to be superheroes for. So like Batman or Superman has been around for like a hundred years, right? Like their, their, their skills are generalized to the point where they can always be of some help, but may not be specifically what, what you need. So right now you are uh, in charge with engineering the genetic code to be inserted into the superhero whose term is going to be from 2021 to 2030. What powers will he, she, it possess rush to be specialized to that decade. Okay, so I want to create the perfect superhero for 2021 through 2030. Yep, yep. Cool. So they may uh, deal with, who knows, they may deal with, what, the the end of COVID or perhaps another, you know, if we get another pandemic, probably, I don't know, whatever, whatever else you assume, I'm guessing some environmental shit, but... What powers should they have to make them perfectly suited for the coming decade? Ooh. Well, you know, we're, we're a rough time right now. We're <laughs> no. recording like two days after RBG died and the yeah. Republicans are going to jam a nominee through here. And we just and, touched uh, uh, 200,000 dead, right? I think we're at 200,000 right dead. So the feels like feels like we just had gas poured on the fire that was already going to be probably the worst month of our lifetime here, which will be the lead up to this election. It's going to be incredibly contentious, yeah. divisive time. And so part of me is like, you want like the world's greatest like uh, diplomat yeah. <laughs> as, as part of the, uh, the superpower here is you want somebody that can actually uh, help you know, bridge some of the, um, maybe, maybe call him the bridge rush. And he can also help with the, with the failing us in infrastructure. <laughs> yeah. So he's saying, yeah, look, I'm, I'm both a literal and metaphorical <laughs> right. bridge and a four time right. bridge. On track bridge by- <laughs> triple, triple bridge. And, yeah. you know, old person uh, teeth too, like old, old people teeth. Can they can help out with that? Right. Yeah. Uh, play, plays, uh, Gary Coleman's brother on uh, different <laughs> strokes as Todd Bridges. And this is uh, part of it, too, that she wanted. Uh, I, I'll, I'll add this part now. If you do come up with a name for this superhero, that would be that would be uh, helpful as, as well. I'm done. I'm, I'm with the bridge. Okay. With that. So, yeah, give him uh, or her the ability to uh, be a great diplomat to uh, decrease like the tribalism that's uh, running rampant. Um, I think, uh, you know, they, they, they ought to be able to have something that can, uh, combat, uh, climate change. So some sort of, uh, uh, control over temperature, reg- uh, modification and regulation, right. I think would probably be uh, a pretty powerful, uh, benefit hard, hard in 
the exact uh, time that we're going through right now, not to want them to be um, capable of uh, creating uh, antibodies and vaccines uh-huh. at uh, remarkable right. rates, you know? Like, that would be a great superhero power, right? Like, he could uh, reach in and just pull out any disease and reverse it, basically. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Uh, and she asked if you had a backstory. Maybe we could say he was, or he, she was, or it was, a uh, like a, a, an infectious disease uh, scientist or researcher or something like that for for the you know the regular regular identity or whatever and then bombarded with something that allowed them then to increase their their capabilities to cure any disease yeah well in africa you know working uh on a yes uh, a charitable mission yes. in africa to try to bring um you know uh pure drinking water to uh mm-hmm. a struggling a uh, town, uh, the the bridge was uh, came down with a uh, what should have been a fatal disease, uh, only to somehow um, uh, uh, be able to reverse the flow of that disease through the body, and instead of uh, destroying his life, instead of imbued him with extreme powers. Yes, uh, he then used that ability early on to uh, resolve the. A decade-long feud between uh, that small town that he was in and the neighboring town, which began his uh, his history of diplomatic uh, relationships, um, only to uh, uh, on, only to watch as that town as those two towns came together peacefully uh, to suffer. Uh, with with the uh, increasing temperature in the region, uh, you know, not too far from sub-Saharan Africa. And so between all those things, the bridge, uh, you know, uh, put together uh, very, his powers. Very nicely constructed. Last two things on this. Um, any any form of basically the bridge kryptonite and any catchphrase for the bridge? Who uh, Kryptonite for the bridge. Hmm. Tall, sh- tall ships. Okay. Can't, can't, ever, can't ever board a really tall ship. And while standing aboard a, a tall ship, uh, he, he, he loses all of his powers. Okay. And so people are constantly trying to dupe him into situations where they like drop him in, into pits and stuff where he lands on the tall ships that are uh, so, hidden in different spots. So hard. The, so hard to get. And like the Lex, the Lex Luthor of it has like a, all those like tall ships and bottles, you know, like that's okay. what he does. Gotcha. He makes those models of them all the time. And he's constantly trying to shrink Ray, uh, Get him into uh, one of those like bottles. On call top him, call him Ironsides. The the villain can be Ironsides. Yeah, that's, good. that's a pretty good, good name. Yeah. All right. Do uh, you want to catch? You want to hit him with a catchphrase? Um, I would say, uh, uh, it's it's time for you to pay the toll. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> All right, Rush. What what else you got? And I may only have one other one because one. One was a uh, kind of a revisit from our good friend uh, Adel, um, Adel Rafai uh, from Hey Riddle Riddle and uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern. So I might use that one, but depending on time, we might go to another one from a, from a friendly, another friendly viewer of ours. All right. I had one that maybe I wasn't supposed to, to have because it's an M. Oh, but, take it. Uh, yeah, do it. I did have one from George Moriarty. Okay. I know George. And, Hello, George. 
He says, here's the situation. You have to build a balanced portfolio of 10 friends, just as you would build a stock portfolio. Um, you you want to have different types of friends. He has them in, in a few different classifications, but I think it, it basically comes down to um, if you if you're going to have like a breakdown of, of 10 mm -hmm. friends and that's all you got. How many do you put into each of these categories? Okay. I, all right. I got 10, 10, 10 friend, 10 friend points, 10 friend people to divvy into these. How, will you tell me how many categories are there are just so I can kind of try and try it's and... five categories. And if you want, you can do a hundred so that it doesn't feel like you ought to do. That's two, okay. It's all the same percentages, one, right? Okay. Yeah, and do you want to give then, me. No, then, you, then you don't have to say 1.3 of them. Gotcha. Be. So let's do a hundred. Okay. You got a hundred friends. Um, some percentage of them are what he called momentum friends, which are the very popular newer friends. So you've just, you've really kind of met them more recently. Okay. And, uh, but you don't have that, uh, that long-term connection. There. Okay. Sounds so that, good. you know, and he's, he's looking at them the way you might look at various stocks, right? So we would call that a momentum stock. Okay. Uh, it's, well, it's growing, but there's risks. Second are value. These are just your, your lower, uh, return, lower risk situation. Steady as a rock. Uh, value uh, relationships that you've had for a while. You, you, they're known commodities. They're not going to change dramatically. You're, you are where you are. Okay. Next one is speculative. Um, and those are okay, yep. those are ones that make you a bit uneasy, yep. uh, but they give you a shot. Uh, you know, some, some others might, uh, you know, might, uh, might have uh, questions about that. Okay. Uh, bellwether, he calls ones, I would call that more like, well, whatever, Th those are the ones that kind of everybody, everybody wants, they're going to be more popular than you. They're going to be oh, you know, well-liked okay. kind of by everybody. And you're not going to feel much real ownership necessarily okay. because they're so, they're so large, but at the same time, they're, uh, uh, you know, just very easily likable. I think of it as maybe like, you know they've got 10 times more friends than you do sometimes, you know, that, that type of friend. Okay. And then the last one um, that he has is the, like, you know, he, he called the other one speculative, but this is the one that's like, um, you know, why wildly like the penny stocks, right? Okay. Like, uh, um, you know, taking a real chance on, Somebody who you've met a couple of times only, but okay. you think there could be something really interesting there, if that makes sense as a category. Yes. I struggled okay. to come up with that category. Well, is, 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 um, how would, maybe you tried to do this and maybe that, maybe this is difficult. How, how do you differentiate it from speculative? They're even higher volatility than speculative or like, is this the type of friend that I've described sometimes? Like you may have a great time. You may end up like in a holding cell. Yes, that's a great way to do it. Okay. So it, may, maybe a better way to put it is speculative are ones that are, uh, you know, momentum is like a newer friend. Speculative is like, you, you know, you barely know them, but like there's something there. There's something really intriguing. And then the uh, the other one, let's call more volatility, okay. which is they are on their good days. They're phenomenal on the bad day, Like exactly what you just described. Okay. Well, I know, I know my i know i'm supposed to as a wise investor to give give myself a, a pretty a pretty diversified portfolio of friends here but it's going to be horribly weighted in really really heavily weighted in one area yeah 
and, right. and I'm going to have 75 value value friends. Give me that steady, right. steady, steady, steady. Because a lot of these other ones seem like, man, just a couple of those go a long, go a long way. Um, right. You know, and so I have five speculative and five of the the wild, the the last the category. Because yeah, because any one of them seems like, man, this guy could put you through the ringer. You know, like any one of those wilds could be calling you at four in the morning saying, man, like, I don't know, man, there's blood everywhere. You know, like, and I don't need this, you know, I don't need a right. ton of those. Um, I have just three bellwethers. I don't need, I don't, I don't need kind of like a ton of like lead ponies or, you know, or like super, I don't know, super alphas in, in the world. A couple of them might yeah. be nice, you know, is maybe it's, maybe it's, that's enough to be aspirational too of like, oh, this dude, you know, part of this, this dude or lady being that cool is they actually try and work at that and get good at that. And so that could be, that could be cool. And then I'm going to keep 12 momentum friends. Uh, my guess is most of them kind of fall away, but that one or two of those can kind of basically earn their way into those value friends where like the momentum is not, um, is not bound just by time or this current interest I have, but that reveals, you know, through uh, through our contact, through this shared activity right now, we reveal ourselves to be of 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 like of like mind or of uh, of similar uh, yeah. similar character or something like that. Would those numbers have changed for you significantly, like ten years ago, twenty years ago? I don't. Um, uh, perhaps. Yeah, you know, twenty years ago. Yeah. I bet you. I bet you. I'd want more of these super cool folks just for where we could go. You know, like maybe, maybe we could. I went to I went to Vegas with one of those bellwether guys, and we got into places and clubs and VIP sections that I never would have like. I I still know quite sure how it happened. I just know we got to this place, and then there was a booth that we got to right. sit in. You know, and like, and there was bottles of Grey Goose there that we didn't have to order. They were just there. You know, right. um, so. So that was kind of that was kind of fun, but that was where my head was at, you know, twenty years ago or whatever. Um, yeah, I probably would have said like I'll grow into those value more of those value people, but right now these high volatility, you know, high volatility friends and stuff would be would be probably more fun. Value low risk, low reward probably didn't sound all that fun then. Right. Yeah, and I think like in your twenties, you're you know, meeting more people. And so you want to spread the portfolio a little wider. You're right. Probably, it might get, I don't know. It It's, it's interesting now. Like I'd say as you get old or I don't know you, whoever is, I got to get older. I find that, um, you know, your friendships are a little bit more entrenched. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit less often that you make a new friend, but the, you know, it's fun when you do, you're like, Oh man, that's cool. You know, I, I have the, just meet somebody you're like yeah this guy's great yeah um, and you think you know I boy i barely even you know uh you know they say like you, you you turn over your friends every seven years but i feel like i feel like that gets slower as you get older yeah i hear you and you really you really cling more to uh the folks that you've been friends with for a long time yeah because they also appreciate the ways that you've changed you know like they knew you before they knew you when you weren't this way and saw you go through whatever it was that you went through to arrive as to where you are now, you know, and like, and probably, probably were a shoulder to cry on or a, uh, or, uh, someone to enjoy the ride while you were going, while you were going through it, you know, but I think my mom's got like back home, there's a little tile in the bathroom of like something about like the value of old friends is that like, they remember who you, 
who you were or something like that, mm. you know? And then there is, there's, I, I, there's also like, I tend to sometimes like just uh, like mistrust my remembrances of things. Like, did I make that up in my head? Uh, like, did that really? And so to have someone who was like, no, like, no, dude, that happened. I was there. I was standing right next to you. And yes, all of that did actually happen the way you're describing it. There's something very fulfilling about having someone who can who can do that for you. <laughs> yeah, that should that could have been a category is like the nostalgia friends. Yeah, right. Who are like, <laughs> no. They actually, you know, how, of your hundred, how many would you add that like they, they really aren't ever going to provide any like new memories or whatever. Yeah. They're, they're just there to basically be a slideshow uh for for your past there'd be at least five of those there'd be at least five yeah just just like recording secretaries of of the of the yeah of the things we we have done we won't need any won't need you to look at anything from here on out but just keep accurate records of of all that did happen yes yeah it's funny uh, sometimes i would say it's most prevalent with my like college with like one group one particular group of college friends where I'll, you know, when we hang out, like in, as a group, there will just come a point in the conversation where it just goes into uh-huh. nothing but telling yeah. stories <laughs> right. about things that already happened <laughs> right. to uh, all of it. Right, right. As though, yeah, as though the people there didn't actually go through it and experience all that stuff yeah. themselves. Yeah, yeah. Just trading stories, which is fun. All right, Rush, I'm going to hit you with one more, and it's from friend and viewer jpc uh all right yeah john patrick cohen of uh hey riddle riddle and good buddy of ours and yeah it's this is pretty much right as he right as he wrote it rush so here's the situation there was a tv show in 1999 called 100 deeds for eddie mcdowd the premise was a bully got turned into a dog and couldn't get turned back unless he did 100 good deeds so jpc here is going to give you the type of good deed that you need to do 100 times and you give them the animal that would be best suited for you to turn into to accomplish these deeds. Okay. You will maintain all of your mental capabilities, but you are also a bit subject to some of the animal instincts, like chasing a ball or wanting to hunt a gazelle. So just keep that. Wasn't keep that there in. some show with like where humans had to do a hundred good deeds in order to get? It? I mean, I feel like this show either the human show really stole from that or this dog show really stole I, from the human I didn't show. watch it all but uh, like it was uh my name is Al or my name is Earl was that all just trying to go back and yeah that's what I'm thinking of okay Jason yeah Lee or whatever. Yeah. yeah and he had to do like a hundred good deeds and, right yeah. I think yeah he had a list of like a reverse bucket list of like a bunch of stuff he had to undo for people or something like that that's right that's right all right yeah. so here's the first one rush if you had to 100 times help a person reconnect with their adult son or daughter what kind of animal would you be best to be? Ooh, uh, got to reconnect. Uh, you know, give me one of those like, um, give me one of those like uh, emotional support horses. Okay, like yeah, I was thinking that too. These tiny horses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get those tiny horses. Get two people <laughs> petting them. You know, you have like you have this weird moment where you, you know, you're both you're struggling. It's very awkward. You haven't seen you haven't seen the old man in years. And yeah, he's out petting this tiny horse, yeah. and you're uh, you're petting the horse, and then you know, sure enough, over time you yeah you, you break bread. It's tough to again. yeah, it's tough to hold a lot of resentment towards the old man when you see him petting a tiny horse. You know, yeah, yeah. absolutely. How about rush um to help an old person grocery shop, load the cart, and get them in the house? 
Oh, uh, I'm going to go with like, uh, this is dangerous, but I'm going to go with an orangutan. Got to be. It's got to be. Like, it's got to be some version of helper monkey. It has to be. Yeah. That, you know, this thing needs hands, needs hands and thumbs and, and all of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just see, but I, I'm like, can you, I feel like the orangutan is going to be like all world at like supermarket sweep. Oh, wonderful. You know? Yeah. Like if, if that thing's got to go around, you like trying to grab stuff, it's just flying through the aisles. It can easily reach the top, top, the bottom yep, top shelf. No problem. Long, long arms. Yeah. Great yeah. flexibility. Now it's going to rip this old lady's arms off at some point. Oh, yeah. Real shame when it comes to orangutans. Oh, yeah. And eat her but face. For a while, it'll be good. Yeah. If, if she's eating like a Pop-Tart, he's going to come at her, not for the Pop-Tart, but for the face that's eating the Pop-Tart. Right? Yeah. 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 But I, I'm this orangutan and I, I'm... You know, I have some of my instincts, uh-huh. but hopefully I can get past the, I'd like to rip your arm off. You can, you know, what you can still do is like fake die when someone shoots you with finger gun. You'll probably still have yeah. that. I think all orangutans have that, right? Like, oh. yeah, all orangutans have huge smile and can clap for things. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. just naturally, that's just natural in them as, as orangutans. Um, how about rush? Um, and this probably gives you a wider scope of animals to choose from. Help a restless person get to sleep. Oh, huh. What about like, like, uh, one of those big, like neon jellyfish, you know, the ones that like, uh, kind of pulse and you just get, you get like a tank in there. I could see that being very soothing, um, as a way to, to, to knock somebody out. Bold call. I like that call. That's a. That's a tough animal to have your all your sensibilities to, and and then be one of those. Oh, I would hate it. Uh, oh, it would be miserable. Rough. I mean, jellyfish are n- not my favorite animal, mm. but I do think that would be soothing to have uh, such a such a creature. How about entertain someone who can't leave the house? So many come to mind. Um, you know, again, I'm thinking of the organ grinder monkey, like a dancing mm-hmm. bear. Oh uh, yeah, but. At the end of the day, you know, I think, I, I think it's going to be a, uh, well, I was going to say, I was going to say like a, uh, like a border collie, you uh-huh. know, a really smart, really talented dog, but then that dog might kind of, it might not be a great match because, you know, I'm going to want to get outside some and the person can't, can't leave the house. Um, it's sure as hell not going to be a, like a parrot. Like I think I, I've never to me, owning birds is odd. It's not a thing I would ever <laughs> want to do. Um, so what What would be the perfect, just entertaining, I like that talking pig that teaches uh, oh, English yeah. Princeton. Yeah. He's going to be so, like, uh, you know, I, it's, I, I can't find the word. I want to say pedantic, but it's I don't think that's the word. You know, he's just going to teach the whole time, and, like, he's going to talk so professorally the whole the whole time uh, that you know i think he gets after it though okay i think he, All right, I think he boozes pretty hard good like, okay but you know like drinks wine and then you know just <laughs> just tell stories and stuff his, his playlist uh, yeah a lot of acdc on his playlist too, once like, he has once he... Of alcohol. <laughs> um uh oh, yeah. you yeah, want to go with talking sure. talking professor sure. uh, <laughs> I, I really want to I mean, what is a, what's a very smart, like a, uh, lemur? Yeah. Maybe like a, like a little lemur. 
kind of bouncy and fun. Seems like kind of jovial and uh, energetic. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. Okay. I can see, I can see lemur. How about assist with yard work? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> a sloth for the comedic value. Would be good. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's just like, look, I'm going to get it done. So long. It's just going to take some time. It takes some time, but I'm going to get it out. I mean, I've got powerful, powerful uh, muscles and uh, claws, and I can grab the stuff and do it. It's yeah. just. He's going to have to help I mean, you with the leaves while they're still in the trees, though, because those things are not meant to be upright. You know what I mean? Like, if you yeah. put it, if you put him, like, belly down, he can barely move. He's meant to, he's, like, shaped to hang. He's, you know, you yeah. can't you can't shoot a man born to hang, you know? <laughs> <It's>, right. <laughs> and, and sloths are meant to hang, baby. Well, also, like, you, you make the person look good because, you know, uh -huh. Yeah, the guy's out in the yard, and you know his wife said, "Come on, you're taking forever." And he's like, "I've I've done I've done I'm cleaning circles know. around this guy." <laughs> yeah, I've done half the thing. So yeah, so probably sloth is a terrible choice there, but, but for the comedic value, I I might do that. But I think if I'm actually gonna need to get out there, I mean, it depends how big the yard is, right? Like mm -hmm. if you got a huge yard, give me an ox. Yep, I hear you. Um, Bunch but, of you know, goats or something. Like a, if we got like, oh, you know what? Give me one of those groomer monkeys. It's okay. always like picking picking huh. the beetles out of people, you know, and like getting the, the ticks out of people. I could see that person just out there like getting weeds, okay. know, doing whatever, like very fast moving hands and you, have a good time. You may have to go back to oh. back then with this last one if, you, if you're going with groomer monkeys. Give me a penguin. Give okay. me a penguin to entertain the people inside the house. Okay, the good. Okay. The, you may have to go back to back with groomer monkey here because the last one is you have to give haircuts. I mean, and and you said groomer monkey before I even asked this one. Yeah, guys, guys. Of course, it's groomer monkey. I want like a whole salon of groomer monkeys, and they're just looking at each other and like kind of clucking and uh, making you know groomer monkey noises. You know, but, it's uh, it's like the old thing of like how many monkeys until they type out Hamlet. You get enough yeah. enough groomer monkeys in a salon until one gives the perfect haircut. You know, until one gives like the perfect mullet haircut. Yeah, there's like somebody does like a Jennifer Aniston after uh -huh. a little while, yep. you know. Exactly. So, oh man, this is uh, really found a new style. That was it. That was it for that was it for JPC. Thank you for that one, pal. All right, great. Um, well, I think we will uh, will end on uh, somebody that's we've selected a couple from in the past, and that's your friend Stephen Burke. Hey, Stevie. And he was just talking about, um, uh, you know, he's one of fifteen children, mm -hmm. as you know. And so uh, birthdays were made special at his home because, of course, you know, it's probably you probably don't feel like you're uh, special every day when you have 14 brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And so you would get like, uh, you know, uh, you get you get all sorts of requests about exactly what food he could get for his birthday meal. So it was a big, big thing to be very excited about what exactly he's going to have. And so he wants to ask to you. Um, and since this is our, you know, last one for the listener or the viewers, um, then, uh, why don't we go with, for you, you got your last meal. Okay. That's what he threw out. And I've, I've almost asked you this on three or four different of our, um, situations. And in fact, one time I had it listed and we didn't get around to it. So I want to do that. It's last meal. What do you lay out? Start to finish. Appetizer dessert. What do you got? I think 
All right. You know, who knows? This this answer could be different. This answer could be different tomorrow. I'll go with it right now. Give me some Tato skins to start uh, to start me off. Okay. And then it's gonna sound ridiculous, but man, I, all I need for my potato skins. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, a nice baked potato for my meal, <laughs> <laughs> and then. I don't know potato pancakes with syrup. Uh, so uh, my my meal, I just want like pretty much a sandwich on a really nice bread. All I need is sautéed butter, sautéed mushrooms and onions with melted cheddar, and give me some like melted Havarti cheese on that. That's all I really need. I don't need I don't need more in there. Just uh, maybe grilled, maybe again like butter the the roll or whatever grilled and butter and then all that stuff all that stuff in there and then for uh for dessert i want a graham cracker crust like berry berry cobbler with that like oat um you know oat and brown sugar top on there with a nice glaze a nice heavy like drizzle of glaze on top on top of on top of that but i think that's what i'll take how many pieces are you gonna eat out of of that cobbler man i mean if this is it as many as i as many as i can get down let them clean it up when i when i shit myself after i die right like that's you know i may as well may as well make it hard on them damn damn states putting me out of my misery i'm not gonna make it easy on the way out I love it. Well, that's a great segue because uh, our next episode is going to be called Poots and Bladders. So, uh, you know, stay tuned next week for that one. All right. No more of this high, no more of these highfalutin, fancy ass, high educated viewer submitted situations. Back nope. to you and me and Poots and Bladders. Poots and Bladders. Uh, um, this episode and that one will be produced by, by Nate DeFort. The music uh, on both ends will be by Julie Nichols. And Emily Cardamus did the artwork, as Rush mentioned, um, and we'll need new ones because, like, like I said, I've cleaned out the N's or the M's through Z's. All everything in there is is uh, is dead to us now. So if you want to hit us with some new situations that we'll use at a future a future date, then um, get us at here's the situation podcast at gmail.com. And uh, anything else, Rush? Send us uh, send us out, buddy. No, just thank you very much. We uh, we've been doing this over a year now, and we really appreciate. Uh, all of our listeners and and we appreciate when you send in suggestions uh and uh we would super appreciate it if uh if you tell folks that you know about the uh or or that you think might like the podcast to uh give us a try yeah just tell them what channel we're on and uh that they should tune in and watch that's right (laughs) right bye-bye